1: This is Little Atoms, a radio show about ideas and culture, with me, Neil Denny. This week, Ema McBride talks about her latest novel, Strange Hotel. Emma McBride's debut novel, A Girl is a Half-Formed Thing, won the Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction, the Kerry Group Irish Novel of the Year and the Goldsmiths Prize. The Lesser Bohemians won the James Tate Black Memorial Prize and was shortlisted for the Goldsmiths Prize and the International Dublin Literary Award. In 2017, McBride was awarded the Inaugural Creative Fellowship at the Beckett Research Centre, the University of Reading, and Emma's latest book, which we're going to talk about today, is Strange Hotel. Emma, welcome to Little Atoms
0: hello thanks for having me
1: so first of all how would you describe this novel
0: Well, i suppose it's uh it's about journey within a woman travels to a number of different hotel rooms around the world and thinks about her life and tries not to think about her life and i suppose it's a it's a novel about memory about grief about love and about how linear language doesn't always solve all our communication problems <laughs>
1: Um, so let's talk about, tell us something about our unnamed protagonist to begin with. The majority of the book, um, until a key point, is told in the third person. There's a there's a first person section at the back, and we'll talk about why perhaps a little later on. Um, so I'll say our protagonist rather than the narrator. Who is she?
0: Well, she's, uh, we, we don't know a lot about her. She We know that at the beginning of the book, she's about 35. We know that she's travelling to these different places and we can assume that it's not on holiday, but we don't really know why. We don't know particularly where she comes from. She's really just a, a kind of a, a middle-aged every woman, I think.
1: So as you mentioned, it's a, it's a story of grief, of loss, of memory. And particularly thinking about the idea of grief, it somehow seems amplified by the setting of... Sort of a series of banal hotel rooms. So I want to talk about the that idea to set it in a, in a series of rooms.
0: Well, I suppose um, for myself, I've been travelling a lot and staying in a lot of hotels since uh, since the girl to half home thing came out in twenty thirteen. And after a, a while, the the kind of the glamour and wonder of staying in lots of hotels, having never done that much before starts to to wear thin um and the veneer of oh does this one have nice toiletries I can steal or oh what, what's in the minibar you know it, it, the appeal sort of disappears and and hotels eventually all start to look the same and I suppose when you're then still traveling around these kind of now dead places uh you are thrown back on yourself in a in a very odd way that you aren't even when you're Shall we say, isolating at home, which we all indeed are at the moment, because there's nothing of yourself in those places, particularly in hotel rooms. There is there's literally really just you and and an anonymous world that you're surrounded by, but have to live within for however long you're you're going to be there. And it just seemed like an interesting, um, an interesting place in which to throw the character back on herself and her own resources.
1: And the fact that it's to begin with a third person narration as well considering this is such a an interior novel it acts as a i guess a further distancing device as well And, and as i said there's a there's a there's sort of a key point in the narrative where it turns to first person we won't talk about why but i want to talk about that decision to to set it in those two registers
0: yeah, well, I mean, it it is uh, for a large part in in the third person, but also that's kind of a trick because it's not really a traditional third person. Mm-hmm. As I think the reader realizes quite quickly, it's actually a very close third person, and the narrative is really the 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 protagonist addressing herself or trying not to address herself rather than me as the writer describing to you, the reader, the various the goings-on of this this character that I'm looking at. And so it's, you know, there are moments even within those third-person sections where she accidentally slips into the first person and, and then scrambles mm. back trying very hard to get back out of it again because that creates far too much intimacy for her. She's someone who's not really looking to delve deep into her emotional life she's in fact very very keen to do the opposite.
1: Indeed she she doesn't want to explore those feelings and so in a lot of ways it becomes a novel of procrastination as well
0: Yeah absolutely and she you know the the language is I suppose something different to what I had done before although I think it's very closely related but it's, it's different in that it's grammatical and linear and you know there are clauses and, and all the punctuation is correct, but actually, rather than that facilitating communication, it's it's actually the protagonist's way of formalizing her own emotional life and and putting it at a distance.
1: And so, I mean, you, I was going to ask about this: the idea that this book is, in terms of the language, different to the two previous novels, but at the same time, there is also this sort of stream of consciousness interior sort of narrative going on as well and and i wondered how i mean i guess how this novel has developed out of the previous two novels how it relates to them
0: yeah i mean it definitely i mean all the three books are very connected for me and and strange hotel you know it could be read as a kind of a loose sequel or an imagined sequel to the less bohemians if someone wanted to do that but because the character is never named that's not something that i'm kind of you know trying to uh, state one way or the other. But uh, yeah, I think in a way the, the first two books, the language is so experiential and about trying to allow the reader this very intimate access to the inner world of these much younger protagonists and, and how the world just kind of flies at them and, and they are kind of knocked one way or another and trying to find their feet with the, with the immediacy of it all and the reader with them at the same time. And here, the character is also very much affected by language, but she is trying desperately to be in control of it, and so there is a much more formal use of of language here, and that's to do with the age of the protagonist. It's the first time that I've written a female protagonist who's you know m- more my own age, and you know the the language you know it was interesting to think about how. Language changes for us, how we interact with the world through it as we get older. And of course, you know, when we're young, we allow things to happen to us because we don't yet know how to protect ourselves or what kind of effects things will have. But in middle age, you are much more aware of yourself and where you're, you're deemed, your your danger points lie. and and so you know this language that she's building up around herself that's kind of long and laborious sometimes and completely overly structured is a way for her to protect herself from life and from often from her her own life from her own past rather than anything that's happening on the outside.
1: Well, I wanted to talk about her age because I mean you mentioned this is the first time you've written a character of a similar age to yourself now but the character ages across the span of the book it's a it's a short book and and she ages decades over the um over the span about, like, about, a, decade. Oh, about <laughs> a decade yeah yeah there's a point where it's mentioned that she's 35 and then suddenly she's in her mid 40s yeah um, and i wanted to talk about that the time span of the book which beyond her telling us her age or beyond her describing her age mm. it's not signposted in other ways the fact that you know uh, a decade has passed in a conventional narrative or anything i just wanted to talk about this idea of her trying to trying to come to terms with these memories not wanting to confront these memories and that not changing over this time span
0: yeah i mean i the you know one of the, the kind of the pivotal points of the book is is the idea of grief and that she has suffered a bereavement but she hasn't suffered it in her immediate past she's suffered it some time in her past and I suppose that was what I wanted to carry through the idea of grief over time and I think it. You know, it's in a way it's more acute and she's more brutal about rejecting, thinking about it earlier on in the book. And as she goes on, it becomes the way that she feels about her own grief. It becomes much more locked down in that she is it's a grief that's more bearable. But it's also the way that she's chose to deal with it by not confronting it, by always trying to usher it away whenever it presents itself has led to an increasingly deadened aspect taking over her her emotional life and yeah i suppose I, i'm just interested in the idea of, of grief and how that changes over time how that doesn't change over time how you know once you're through the kind of the worst immediate awful experience of of loss how you come to live with that and to not be destroyed by it and to continue on but to never ever be able to live without that grief being inside you
1: the part of the book towards the end again we don't have to talk about why but she slips finally into the the first person and mm. i thought that part was was amazing just the sort of control of both the memory both like her almost narrating the first person as a much younger woman but obviously it is actually being narrated in the in the sort of present day and how those two sort of time streams almost mix up in that narration
0: yeah, well, it's you know the the final section is she she imagines herself in a in a hotel room that she may once have chosen to go to, and I suppose in terms of timelines and uh, various realities at work at once, it's it's a bit of a complex moment, but she allows herself to kind of really feel it, and because she's imagining what happens in this room or who she would be would have been in this room she allows herself to be in the first person she thinks she's safe to be in the first person because she's only performing an act of imagination whereas in the in the previous sections you know she's really there in it she's she's kind of going through the moment and having those thoughts and and so it's only when she feels that she's safe in in the imaginative realm that she allows herself to be in the first person
1: You're listening to Little Atoms, I'm Neil Denny. Today I'm talking to Emma McBride and we're talking about her latest novel, Strange Hotel. And the other thing that's going on with this woman throughout the story is as well as dealing with these memories and, and ideas of grief and how that changes, she's also in a constant roiling relationship with her her body and her identity as a woman. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, I think she, like a lot of middle-aged women, is completely infuriated by the idea of all the things that she's supposed to care about as a middle-aged woman, about having babies or not having babies or getting older or getting gray hair. And, you know, she finds those things such a a waste of time. And the notion that actually for middle-aged women, unhappiness is to be expected is, is just generally what's in store and and that's it. And I think that's a, a kind of a common enough infuriation for, for middle-aged women. And also, I suppose I wanted to write about sex, for, casual sex for, for middle-aged women, that it's, you know, sex is always seen as a kind of casual sex for women is always seen as a terrible act of self-harm or self-hatred. Or, and uh, I thought it was interesting to write a character who didn't really see it in that way he didn't sort of catastrophize the sexual experience and was just kind of used it to fill in the time if she was a bit bored or a bit lonely or and you know she wasn't she's not looking to and I suppose in some ways this is a kind of connection to a girl as a half home thing it's another female character that isn't looking for love but is quite happy to have sex now and then and but isn't isn't looking for the love of her life to come and save her.
1: Well I, I could not help but connect the, the meaningless encounters she has with these anonymous men in these hotel rooms as part and parcel of that whole sort of like wider trying to come to terms with loss in the past.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I if I agree with that. I think it's I think for her the Sex is just an activity in itself to be enjoyed like sort of eating or drinking or smoking and she does you know she does all of those things as well in, in the book um, and it's it's just a kind of another appetite to be sated rather than something that is a kind of a, a driver of the terror of her life uh, and I think she runs into she runs into difficulties every now and then because you know some of the men expect a bit more or want, A bit more from her. Want a bit more of a connection, or or want to ask questions that she doesn't want to answer, or and um, yeah, and uh, so it was just kind of fun to to write a character who wasn't a woman who wasn't kind of getting her knickers in a knot about sex all the time.
1: Can we talk about how this novel came together? Because I I understand it started out as a uh, as a short story originally.
0: Yeah. Well, I was uh, you know I was working on some other. Project and I hadn't really been planning to write uh, another novel for a while, and what I had in my head certainly wasn't this. Um, and I just found myself with kind of odd moments of downtime, and I start to write. And at first, I th- I thought it was just a, a short story. And but you know, as so I was kind of wandering around, taking the dogs for a walk or whatever, other uh, scenarios would come into my mind, and it kind of grew and grew. And so I. Yeah, I sort of wrote it by accident, actually. Yeah, I'm, apparently I can't write short stories, so <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, and
1: just one other thing before I, I'll ask you to, to, to read a bit of Stranger Hotel, if you would. What other writers are, not necessarily an influence on your work, but um, what sort of writers do you like at the minute?
0: Oh, well, um, I suppose the moment, my, sort of, uh, my big love is Anna Kina Schofield. And her uh, new book Bina, which I just think is just exquisite. I mean, just funny and painful and so well written and so well thought out, the kind of the idea of female friendship, especially at middle age, is really, really interesting. So um yeah, very keen on her at the moment.
1: Can I get you to finish off with a, a reading from Strange Hotel then?
0: You can indeed. I'm going to read a section from the middle when she's in a hotel in Auckland. It is the farthest, furthest she has ever been. On a flat earth, she would be at the edge. As it is, to go on might be the shortest way home and just let the world fold back on itself. For despite some perplexity regarding her current notions of home and her periodic declarations that that is simply not so, her belief in the planet's curve is secure. It is an unbreachable line and one of the few of which she has ever been sure until now. in this outermost place. As the ground imperceptibly spins beneath and all around her the heavens shift, she finds herself thinking she wouldn't object to some more tangible proof it exists. Out there, somewhere, she knows, is the ocean and horizon, with nothing to be seen after it. She can't help envisaging, admittedly, flying in the face of all sense, a great cataract roiling at the deep sea's end towards which she and New Zealand inexorably inch torn from or flowing to to be dragged over the edge and churned into particles of dust or particles of time or whatever becomes of a body once it has attained its finest grade of dismemberment. This may all be a touch cataclysmic, she will admit, especially as on her arrival it was already night so she has no idea what it looks like out there. That said, in terms of proof, she's not asking for much mathematical calculations or satellite photographs. No, really, just a, a physical hint some readily appreciable sensation, for instance, say how toes inevitably touch the ground after heels in a continuous, predictably repeating sequence. Of course, she understands there may be disparities within this pattern too. As far as walking goes, however, it is the expected usual, and in her general indifference to personalised nuance, she does not feel she has been remiss because who thinks about every step? Well, there are some people who obviously must, but... Having been fortunate with her health, she does not number herself among them. She wouldn't even think of it now, except it seems the ground has somehow misplaced her confidence in it. Either that, and this would be considerably more abstract, the soles of her feet have begun doubting themselves.
1: So I've been talking to Ema McBride. We've been talking about her latest novel, Strange Hotel, which is out now in the UK from Faber. Ema, thank you so much for taking the time to tell me about it. Thank you.